Welcome to the International Family Church Podcast. Each year as a church, we begin with prayer and fasting. On January 6th, we started our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we invite you to join us if you've yet to start. We've made a devotional to accompany your times of prayer, and it'll be available at intlfamilychurch.com and on our app. We have corporate times of prayer each weekday, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. and 12 p.m. at the church, and each Friday night during the fast at 7.30 p.m. And you can join us for our remaining two Friday nights of corporate prayer on the 17th and 24th. We invite you to come to Vision Sunday, January 26th. Each year, Pastor Jonathan Del Turco shares vision for the church to focus on for the year. We look forward to seeing you on Vision Sunday as we hear about what God has in store for International Family Church for 2020. Now here's today's message. Are you ready for God's word today? Come on, let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your plan and your purpose today. Thank you that we approach the word of God by faith today. We, we, we release our faith in what you're about to say. Even before we hear it, we know it's going to be good for us because your word is medicine. Your word is alive. Your word is fresh. Your word challenges us and, and makes us better. And we're so grateful for your word, the word of God today. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of our understanding. Give us clarity. Help us see. Help us understand. Holy Spirit, you are with us in this process, and we thank you for teaching us and showing us today. We don't need some man to teach us. We want you, Holy Spirit, to teach us. We want you to guide us and lead us. We want you to tell us exactly what every person in the room and online needs to hear and how they need to hear it for your honor and for your glory. We'll be so careful to give you all the praise. All of God's people said, amen. Amen. Welcome to part two in our series, uh, Making Room for God in 2020. I pray you're making room. As you heard, we're in the middle of our prayer and fasting season. We're in day seven. And uh, so I I thank you for participating. And those that haven't jumped in yet, please do. And those of you that are brand new, we pray that you'll take a step. um, And all the information is online and the various kinds of fasts and what to do. And of course, we're all here to answer any questions you might have. And you might want to do it with some friends and work together because we believe it's an awesome opportunity. You know, we've said before, and it's so true, that Prayer alone will change things. We know fasting alone has many wonderful physical benefits. But when you combine prayer and fasting together, it's a partnership that'll change the course of your life. You need to believe that. And I'm not trying to hype up prayer and fasting. I believe that. I've seen it happen in my own life, in my family, and others, that it actually changes the course of your life. So I want to encourage you to participate with us and help us understand because we've learned about fasting. We know that fasting is not a biblical requirement. It's not a requirement to go to heaven. It's not a requirement um, for certain things. But, but, it, but what we learned is it's a choice. It's a vow you choose to make to connect with God on a deeper level and disconnect from all the clutter in your life. You know, solid growing children of God take time over the process of their year to ask God, what do I need to disconnect from and what do I need to connect with? See, we're always disconnecting from something and connecting with something better. Amen. Don't just get satisfied with the level you're at 
because what was the best could be just good and could, could not be any, not, not as good as it could be for you. You got to keep growing. So Lord, what do I disconnect from, the bad or even the good? And I need to connect with your plan and your purpose. And that's the choice that we're making in the beginning of this year to make sure we are, we are connecting uh, with God and disconnecting from all the clutter. Amen. There's so many misconceptions about fasting. Let me talk about just a few of them for a few moments today. So let's understand what, what, what biblical fasting is not. Biblical fasting is not just going without food. That's called a diet. Right? Some of them work, some of them don't work. Whatever. Right? That's not my point. The point is that it's more than just going without food. Biblical fasting is not just for fanatics. People think, oh, that's so radical. Right? That's wow, that's really out there. That's for the fringe. That's for those people that are really out there. Um, and, and we think that that's just for a few people. You know, that's for the elite Christians. Those are, that's for pastors and prophets and teachers and those real spiritual people. Um, and you know, and we, we have this kind of attitude because either we've not been exposed to it before, we're not familiar with it, we don't understand it, we've never been in an environment where we need to learn how to do it. It's not just for the fanatics. It's not, it's not for just the elite Christians. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. Yes, people are weird. Now, we welcome weird people here to IFC. But let me tell you something. If you hang out with us long enough, you won't be weird any longer. Amen. We're going we're gonna to get your feet on the ground. We're going to help you settle down. We're going to help you do this thing right. Right? So, so fasting is not for weird people. You need to understand that today. It's, it's, it's real. It's awesome. It's wonderful. And it's something that's so very important today. Everything just goes better when you pray and fast. Amen. Simply stated, biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Now, that food is up to you. That food might be a certain kind of food. Um, it might be a meal a day. It might be a partial fast. It might be a Daniel fast. All that's explained on our website. Amen. But it's for a spiritual purpose that while you're going without, it's during that time that we pray. I've heard people say to me before, well, what are you fasting? And I, they, they say, I'm, I'm fasting breakfast. And somebody asks, do you eat breakfast? No. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's, that doesn't work that way. Time out here. Let's, let's get this straight. Now, if you do eat breakfast and, and you fast your breakfast or you lunch, we'll take that time to pray. We're going to talk about some of those things today so we can really press in. So I encourage you, if you're new to IFC or new to fasting or new to the combination of prayer and fasting, that you will not be afraid to just take a step towards that and watch what God will do in your life. Amen. Here's our big takeaway for the day. Very important, when we pray and fast, we don't do so to change God or his will. Instead, by praying and fasting, we are the ones changed. I'll be the first to admit, I need to change. Anybody else here honest? You're in church, you can't lie, right? We need to change. I mean, there's some things in our lives that we could do better. Some things in our lives that we just don't need. They're just in the way, right? So we're not trying to change God by our fasting, like make him feel bad for us and twist his arm and beg him to come through for us. It's not about that at all. We are the ones that are changed. 
during the years of Jesus when he walked on earth, he devoted some very important teaching to, to his disciples, not only just in, for the Bible for the first century, but also for the 21st century. These were principles to live by. These are principles that he taught us and helped us to focus our life and to focus how we should live our lives. And specifically in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus provides a pattern uh, by which when he was speaking um, in this section of the Bible called the Beatitudes, just wonderful section in Matthew chapter 6, and, and teaching us how we should each live as children of God, as followers of Christ. The pattern addressed three specific disciplines that we as Christians should walk in. Giving, praying, and fasting. Giving, praying, and fasting. In fact, Matthew 6, 2 and 3 says, when you give. Matthew 6, 57 says, 6, 5 and 7 says, when you pray. Matthew 6, 16 and 17, when you fast. Now, he's not suggesting here. He never said once, one day when you feel like praying, give it a shot. One day when times get tough, man, maybe you should learn how to give. Or when all hell breaks loose and there's no recourse, it's a last resort, you might want to fast. No, that's not what he said at all. He said, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. He made it clear that fasting, like giving and praying, was not to be the desperate exception, but rather the normal part of a Christian life. Amen. As much of attention that we give to giving and prayer, we need to give to fasting. Just like you are maybe now a giver at one time, maybe you didn't know how to give or the value of giving or the value of generosity and you pressed in and you've learned the value and the benefits of giving and, and, and maybe you're still learning about giving and the importance of giving and, and, and how wonderful that is. And maybe you never really quite had a prayer life. You didn't know how to pray. It was not a big deal. Only prayed when you were in trouble and you, you had a crisis in your life, but you learned the value, the beauty of prayer, the discipline of prayer. Um, the joy of prayer, the, the delight of prayer. It took time, and maybe others are still learning the value of prayer and how to pray. Well, it's no different with fasting, right? It needs to be included just like the giving and the praying. Yeah. Lord said, if you want to have a good life, a balanced life, a growing life, a life where, where as a follower of Christ, you're, 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 you're alive and well and strong and developing and growing, then all three of these disciplines will be in your life. Nothing has changed since he said those words. Amen. If you're a follower of Christ, the obvious thing is that you are going to be a person who consistently gives. You're going to be a person who consistently prays. And you're going to be a person who consistently fasts. Amen. There are some things just more important than food. Shock. Oh, don't let it be said, Pastor. Right? There are some things more important than food, like your destiny, like your family, like your children, your husband, your wife, your, your, your finances, um, your, your, your business, your career, that call of God that, that's on your life. Absolutely. There are some things that are just flat out more important than food. Thank God for that. God wants to give you that miracle, that breakthrough in your life. Amen. And if you can pull away for a short time, uh, away from food and in whatever way you do, and, and the result is a breakthrough, wow. 
The result is a miracle? The result is understanding and clarity? Oh my goodness, yes. You think that's worth it? Absolutely, and I wanna challenge you to make sure you do. Let's talk this morning about the benefits of praying and fasting. Let's, let's get over to the why. Why do we do this? Why, why is this such a big deal? We've talked about prayer as it's big, the big deal that it's supposed to be and giving. Well, let's just talk about the why of fasting. Why is this so important and what are the benefits when I do it? Well, there's three that I think are the top three benefits of praying and fasting. Number one, uh, the first benefit is you will see your life's priority more clearly. You will see your life's priorities more clearly. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning of anything, make sure God's involved. In the beginning of your business, in the beginning of your career, in the beginning of a relationship, in the beginning of your time with God, in the beginning of whatever it is, the beginning of the year, the beginning of your week, the beginning of your day and your week, make sure God is always included. Amen. I want to make sure God is involved in everything I do. Amen. Number one, put God there. He's my filter. He's the one that's in charge. He's the one that's guiding me and directing me and helping me as I start school or new classes or whatever it is in my life I'm, I'm going after. I'm going to believe God to, to buy a house or believe God to do something different in my life. Well, in the beginning of any of that, make sure God is in that place. Amen. Matthew 6, and 34, we say it over and over, but seek first his kingdom. Now what that means, his kingdom, is his way of doing things. Right? You know, all of us have a way of doing things. We all cook a little bit different. You have your little unique way of doing similar dishes or whatever. We have a, a certain way of doing things. Well, in the kingdom of God, God is that one in charge. He's the king of that kingdom. Amen. And he has a certain way of doing things. So seek first his way of doing things and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. How I many know oh, that's true, right? So we're going we're gonna to what? We're going to seek him first. When you give God first, when you give God the first through prayer and fasting at the beginning, right, it sets the course of your entire year. The kingdom of God, his way of doing things, right, will become first in your life, getting clarity concerning what's most important in life and setting aside what's unimportant in life. It's a constant balance. It's a constant give and take of what once was important, now it's not that important, and what is unimportant and make it important. It's a constant tug, flow, recognizing that we need to make these constant adjustments in our lives. We have a tendency to look at our lives and count wrong. We look at our lives through a negative lens. We look at our lives at all that's not done yet, all that I haven't accomplished. And we look at our lives and think, oh, what a mess. And my kids and my marriage and my finances and my house and my this and my that. You know, it's, and we, we, we tend to count wrong. And we, we oftentimes look through that negative lens and all we see is what's wrong with our lives, right? We're not where we once were. We know we're not where we want to be, but we sure have made progress. Amen. And that's how we need to look at life. Amen. So we've got to be careful how we see. See, a diet changes the way you look. A fast changes the way you see. 
Fasting helps you see. Fasting helps you see. See, oftentimes when it's foggy, when it's dim, when it's not clear, we can't see like we want to see. It's difficult and we, we get afraid or we get concerned or we put the brakes on or we kind of panic. Um, and so 2020 will require a heightened sense of sight. Yes. This is a new decade. It's crazy out there. Right? We need a heightened sense of sight. We need a greater 2020 vision to see through the things we are already facing as we start this year. It's a lot of things, a lot of drama, a lot of cares, a lot of hurts, a lot of opportunities that are around us that really fluster us and frustrate us and concern us and put us in fear and so on. And Jesus is our perfect example. Rather than allowing the cross the pain, the suffering, to loom before him and fill his eyes that all he saw was his pain and suffering. The Bible says he saw through the cross to the joy that was set before him. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2 verse, chapter 12 verse 2 says, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished his race, this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Amen. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever, right? And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside of God, amen. Are there some present circumstances in your life that you need to see through? What's limiting your vision? What's limiting your ability to see God's plan. What is in the way? What is What has been mounted up that all you see is that pain? All you see is that wall of defeat or that wall of debt or that wall of overwhelming despair. What is it that you need to see through? When you pray and you fast, you have the ability to see through what has limited you. You have the ability to see through those circumstances that have kept you back for many years, if not your entire life. Amen. Fasting helps you see more clearly. It helps you see more accurately. You'll start valuing and appreciating more the people in your life and the blessings that God has given you. Amen. Simple things seem to matter more when you fast. It's good to be alive. It's good to have breath. It's good that I woke up this morning. I mean, well, that's a good idea that we woke up this morning. <laughs> Amen. I can take a deep breath and I can see clearly. And instead of complaining about how bad things are, you have a greater appreciation for family and friends and the simple pleasures of life. Fasting brings out the Christ in you. Fasting brings out the servant heart in you. Fasting brings out the compassion and love of God in you. Fasting is a choice for God and not your flesh. Because your flesh screams, right? Give me attention. Feed me. Amen, right? Come here, look at me. Let's do this. And always screaming for attention, that spoiled brat called your flesh, right? And so we need to understand that, that God enables us through praying and fasting to see clearly our priorities in life. Number two, the second benefit of praying and fasting is you will know what to do when seeking God's direction for your life. Amen. See, when, when you need God's direction, when you're not sure which way to go, one of the best things you can do is pray and fast. This is especially true sometimes when we're involved in that confusing arena 
of heart relationships, when our emotions are involved, when love is involved, when feelings are involved, these relationships, it can be a confusing arena with family and friends and boyfriends and girlfriends and, and love and so on and so forth. And, and oftentimes when we pray and fast, it gives us clarity about those relationships, clarity about what could be confusing. So we're not looking for love in all the wrong places with all the wrong people. Am I in the right place today? Amen. Romans 8, 1. What a great verse of scripture. There is therefore now no condemnation. Say no condemnation. Some of you really need to say that a little louder because you've been dealing with some condemnation. Say no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's a whole series in itself right there. The word condemnation is being used in the same way a criminal is condemned to die. So Jesus has given us a promise. He's saying he has delivered you from every condemning sentence against you. That's good news today. Every condemning sentence against you has been, you've been delivered from. Whether it's your flesh, it's the devil, it's the world, it's sickness, it's disease, it's poverty, it's fear, it's confusion. None of the hell-inspired things that can be carried out in you any longer. Jesus has set you free. That's good news today. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. When you meet this important condition, when you walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. So important that we make a choice to yield to the Spirit of God. And prayer and fasting helps us do that. It enables us to fulfill this promise. And biblical fasting quiets our weaknesses, quiets that screaming, selfish baby flesh that wants all the attention, enabling you to be more sensitive to God and to your spirit. John 16, 13, thank God for the Holy Spirit, he says, but when he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank God for this privilege, and there's no reason for any of God's children to walk in the dark in 2020. There's no reason for us to not know there's no reason for us to not be in the know. There's no reason for us that we should not be able to make right choices in 2020 because we're starting this year off making it clear and pressing through it all so we can understand God's purpose and plan. Last but not least, the third benefit of praying in the Holy praying in, with prayer and fasting is it hits the reset button on your soul. I love that. It hits the reset button on your soul. You didn't know your soul had a reset button, did you? You just think it's on your iPad or your computer or your iPhone or whatever, right? We, we, there's different resettings we can do on our digital devices. It's one portion here or there, or we can set a, a factory reset, right? And put that thing back to the original reset that, that it originally, in packaging that it came with. See, in other words, when you set the reset button, I'll say it this way. In other words, fasting gets all the gunk out. That's not a very spiritual word. It's not a very intellectual word. Right? But I get it. And you immediately understand what I mean by gunk. Right? 
how gunk can just get in our lives and mess up our gears and mess up my heart and mess up my sight and mess up my thought life. And man, we just get all gunked out. Our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions gets weighed down, heavy, becomes negative, sluggish. And with all the distractions and all the cares and all the hurts and all the the challenges of our life, we can develop spiritual fog. You know how sometimes you get a brain fog? You know, whether you eat the wrong foods or you ate too much, and the next morning you're like all over the place and, and it's hard to focus and you got brain fog. Well, we can have spiritual fog. And the spiritual fog just messes us up. The spiritual fog causes us to not to be able to perceive like we need to. And, and so life has a way of stacking up uh, the pain and the hurt and emotions get out of whack. And before you know it, man, we're so weighed down and we get so tired and our conscience uh, has be- become so desensitized and we're not really bothered by the things that once convicted us. And we get so lackadaisical and so apathetic if we're not careful. And we develop an insensitivity and an indifference. And now we don't realize that we're watching stuff that is terrible. We never dreamed that we'd watch all that. We never dreamed that we would talk like that. We never dreamed that we would look at, at the opposite sex or look at that man or woman that way. We never dreamed that we would act that way and consider that way with our money and consider that way of using our money that way or doing this or shortcoming this or, or circumventing this. And we, if we're not careful, we become desensitized. Good people begin to compromise. Good people begin to get lazy in their faith. And prayer and fasting sets that reset button to say, man, forgive me, God. I, Wow, where did, how did I get here? How did I start thinking like this? Where in the world did I start watching this and thinking it's okay? When did I start entertaining these thoughts and the constant demands on our mind and the distraction, the noise around us weighs us down, causing the spiritual fog and God's voice is slowly muffled and our passion for him begins to wane and our fire dims and we go on autopilot and operating from a position of obligation and routine in our relationship with God instead of one of affection and fervor. I want to live my life out of affection for God. Out of fervor for God. I don't want to do this out of routine. I don't want to do this out of I have to. No, I get to. You don't want to get to the point where you have to go to church because you're afraid if you don't go, what might happen? No, you get to go to church. You get to be a part of God's plan, right? We get to tithe. We are honored to bless. We are honored to worship God. We are honored to do what we do. Come on, somebody. Amen. And we don't ever want to get to that place where, where it's just we're on autopilot and just kind of whatever, you know, just kind of going with the flow and kind of the walking dead. We're these zombies, right? We don't want to do that. Even if you're going to church and reading your Bible, listen, there are even times we need to have a deep soul cleanse. Yes, that's right. Ever started the year off with a cleanse? It's interesting, depending on what kind of cleanse you do. They're good for you, right? Well, sometimes we just need our soul to have a cleanse. Now, I don't know how many times a, a week or a month <laughs> you clean your house. Um, you know, most people would clean their house maybe once a week, unless, of course, you're a single guy, and that might be once a month or once every six months. I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, kind of afraid to go in that place, right? Um, mask and gloves and, and so forth. But, but even those of you that clean your house on a weekly basis, 
We would walk into your house and say, huh, man, pretty clean. Looks pretty good. But how many know there comes a time in the year that you got to open up the windows and open up the blinds and pull out the carpets and, and get behind the couch and get behind the bed and get under the bed and, and get into the corners and get behind that toilet, get, be, get in that bathroom and do a, a good, what, a deep cleaning. And when you do that, you realize, wow, this house is filthy, right? See, that happens to good people. We go to church semi-regular. We can pray semi-regular. We can worship semi-regular. We can even do it regularly and think that we're doing pretty good. But if we're not careful and we're not putting ourselves in a position to really hit the reset button of our soul, we begin to realize, man, we don't realize how filthy things really are inside that mind of mine, inside my heart. I didn't realize there were some dark areas there that I thought I dealt with that are still lingering and lurking around, right? We need to learn to take some time to do some deep, cleaning. What a perfect time to do that the first part of the year. Reset your soul. Do it for your good. Do it for your family's good. Do it because there's so much at stake in your life. Amen. And you recognize that we've got to get the gunk out of this God's temple. Why? So we can hear his voice clearly and prepare ourselves for the new things he wants to do in and through us this year. Every year, God wants to do something new in you. Every year, there's a new you that he wants to bring out in the new year. Amen. And here's what fasting does. Uh, the secret and key here in Romans 12 says this. Romans 12, verse 11. Never be lagging in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I want to serve the Lord with fervor. Amen. I'm not always there. I, I wish I could tell you that, man, I, I've got it down pat, but I've, I've got stuff that I deal with just like you do. And I, I have cares and concerns and fears that try to grip my mind and, and opportunities and, and family issues and church issues and other pastors that I pastor and their issues and their life and death situations and the cares of many things. Absolutely. And so, but, but fasting, especially when you fast on a regular basis, man, it really helps to keep your fire alive, to keep your fervor fervent in Jesus' name. Fasting fans the flame. You might need your flame fan today, right? Amen. It makes the fire burn again. It's the reset button of your soul. Amen. And we thank God for it. Fasting cleans the soul and helps you do all that you want to do. And here's my last verse for today. I love this. Romans 6, 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by the baptism into death, so that just as Christ has raised, was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we, too, habitually live and behave in newness of life. Newness of life. This is not somebody who was never born again. This is not someone that has not yet started their journey in Christ. It's not someone who has not began his spiritual journey. This is talking about somebody who's in their spiritual journey. They're very much involved in their spiritual journey. And it's interesting that they would, he would use the word, Paul would use the word, the newness of life. Here's what newness means. Newness means a progression of refreshing and renewal. 
a progression. It means there's steps. There's things that we do of refreshing, of, of a, a fresh and that fresh scent, that fresh smell, the renewal, right? That refreshing and that replenishment, that refilling, refilling in our lives. And newness is all is ongoing. We are never arrived. We always need it. Amen. And that's what happens in the beginning of the year because oftentimes we can end one year, we don't feel new at all. That new car smell is gone. That pristine thought that we had when we worshiped God, the goosebumps, the hair standing on the back of our neck, the value and the appreciation that I'm saved. I'm, I'm no longer a slave. That appreciation seems to wane. Not quite like it once was. Man, yeah, we go to church and Sometimes we start in the first row and go to the middle, go to the back, and now you're in the lobby, and now you're in a cafe, and now you're home watching online. We're glad you're watching online. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, all right? <laughs> Amen. But you see, it's God's plan, though, that we go from glory to glory. It's God's plan that we go from victory to victory. It's God's plan that we go from something fresh to something fresher. That we go from good to great. That we go from his plan to a, a clearer clarity that God has in our lives. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we believe God. Fasting is a huge key to an awakening and a revolutionizing your walk with God. It, it cleans up the divine connections in your life. Fasting keeps you honest. Fasting keeps you open. Wow. So do you need to see clearer? Do you need to hear clearer? Do you need clarity concerning God's plan and direction for your life? Do you need to set that reset button and do some powerful cleaning in your life today? Oh, I'm so grateful for the power of fasting. I pray that you'll respect fasting, that you'll long to fast, that you appreciate that Jesus put that in there in that wonderful trio of disciplines that we will give and pray and fast like never before. What was our big takeaway? When we pray and fast, we don't do so to change God or his will. Instead, by praying and fasting, we are the ones changed. Let's do some changing in the beginning of this year. We're only on day seven. That means you can participate and jump right in Take it to another level in the next two weeks that we have left. Amen. Let's start this year off in a way that, that transforms the outcome of this next year of our lives. Amen. Did you learn something today? Come on, let's stand to our feet together. Thank you, Jesus. Raise those hands towards heaven just for a moment if you can. Even if you're not used to, will you go ahead and do that with me, please? And kind of surrender to God's plan today. The universal sign of surrender. Oh God, have your way in my life. As your hands are raised, let me challenge you. What part of this message applies to you and what do you need to do? What is your next step? Don't just let this be a message that when you leave the double doors, it stays here. Take this message out into the lobby drive it home with you. Walk in the house with it. Wake up tomorrow morning and take it to work with you. 
as you exercise, it's there with you, as you work hard, as you plan, as you do the dishes, as you watch over your children, as you do all the things you do, let this be a message that we don't leave in the room today. It's so important. It'll change your life. So Father, we surrender to your will. We received it by faith today. We thank you that you won't let it go. You'll, you'll, you'll be honest about it in the good way that you do. Holy Spirit, you'll be, you'll be there reminding us. Come on, pull aside. Let's pray for a few minutes. Let's, let's don't eat that right now. Let's do this instead. Hear his voice. Let him train you and teach you to be that next level Christian in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, we bless you today. He loves you. Remember, there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus today. Let's choose to walk after the Spirit and not after our flesh. Thank you, Father. Faithful God. With every head bowed, please, before we close the service, before Pastor Mo comes in just a moment, Please, nobody walking around. Unless you have to, you have to just chill a minute in your seat and don't have the need to have to take off unless you, unless you have to. Jesus is here. Your good, good father is in the room today. He loves you. He knows what you need. Waiting for you to ask. Make a demand. Make room. That's all I need to do. Make room for him, as we said last week. But in order for all this to work, first things first, Jesus needs to live inside of your heart. He needs to be your Lord and your Savior, the one who forgives you from your sins, the one who gifts you eternal life. But all this order starts coming from making sure Jesus lives in your heart today. With every head bowed with me, please. Yes, I'll say, Pastor, who are you today that need Jesus? Who are you today that need him to be inviting him in your life and start this wonderful spiritual journey? Come with us on this wonderful journey with God. Who are you to say, Pastor, I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart, but I need him and I'm ready for it. Pastor, pray for me, please. That's who you raise your hand nice and high, say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus today. Anybody like that at all? Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Yep, thank you. Thank you, ushers. I see it. God bless you. Good for you, ma'am. Yep, sir, I see it. Good for you. I'm glad. I love it. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Who else? Raise it up high. We're going to pray in just a moment. Anybody else? I'm ready. I'm ready to I'm ready for the challenge. I'm ready to be forgiven. I'm ready to be in that place where God helps me. Yes, thank you. All right. Good. God bless you, young man. Awesome. Who else? Woo, what a great way to start your year. Jesus living in your heart. Let's pray this prayer today. If you raise your hand, pray with sincerity. Pray it, mean it. We're going to join with you. All of us are going to pray together as one big family. Pray with me online. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I can't do this by myself. I just mess it all up.
I need your help. I'm tired of being the boss. Jesus, forgive me from my sin. I denounce my past. I want to live for you, Jesus. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. I come up under your Lordship. You are now the boss of me. I receive by faith forgiveness, eternal life, salvation. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.